The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 70th anniversary of D-Day and 152nd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We go all around the world of sports, broadcasting live from Boston for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me, th- to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, it's rare that I start my show with my bizarre story of the week, but I will today following last night's bizarre air conditioning malfunction at the AT&T Center in San Antonio in game one of the Spurs Heat NBA Finals. This game will be long remembered for creating LeBron cramps, the towel-waving fans, and most of all, the Spurs' 31-9 run, where they shot 14 of 16 and rained threes from Danny Green, all from the point when LeBron started experiencing cramps. It was a great game to watch throughout, but even before uh, the power failure on the air conditioning went out and the heat got to the heat, uh, it was just a great game and got me just excited for the whole series. Uh, You know, to see these two teams just up and down the court, uh, Tony Parker is just amazing to watch uh, out in transition, and of course the Heat made their name on their transition game. So I just think it's uh, absolutely riveting to watch these two teams play. Last night, uh, I thought Manu Ginobili, who had, as we all remember, a horrible series last year. Many people thought his career was washed up. Was really, uh, cramps aside, uh, the X factor. He'd come in uh, like any good sixth man should and promptly hit two huge threes in the first quarter and got both his team and himself just rolling. Uh, He finished with 11 assists, which is very impressive 
And he, of course, has uh, his trademark style of just slashing to the rim. So he played a major role last night. And if he continues doing this throughout the series, uh, that bodes very, very well, to say the least, for the Spurs. And uh, then once LeBron started experiencing cramps, and there were some visuals from that game that none of us will soon forget. I mean, this is like famous stuff not the least of which was uh, the shot of LeBron on the bench. Just with the look on his face, I don't think, the, unlike any, any we've ever seen from him, uh, he is the best basketball player in the world. He certainly is as close as any athlete in the world comes to being and looking superhuman. So to see him in that state was stunning, and what was even more shocking was... Uh, when he couldn't make it to the bench and basically he had to be carried the final couple steps and, you know, uh, lowered into a chair where he basically just stretched out and uh, looked completely forlorn. And forlorn is a word I never thought I would attach to LeBron James. But last night that was certainly the case. And, you know, the, the Spurs... As they should, as any world-class team, championship timber team will do. They uh, uh, just seized the opportunity and just really exploded, led by Danny Green, uh, hitting three threes, along with a fast-break dunk that was just uh, very, very impressive. And also, again, you know, Tim Duncan, I mean, he is just... Uh, ageless. He's fun to watch. You know, he's clearly uh, putting himself out there, you know, in this series. And by that, I mean, you know, with this statement that we'll get at this time, following the victory over Oklahoma to send him to the finals, uh, his just matter-of-fact style of speaking, even talking about LeBron uh, in the heat last night, uh you know, he just has sort of a take-no-prisoners approach for this particular series. Uh, you know, he, he's not interested in what people think or what he's saying. He's interested in winning this series at all costs. This is going to be the, if they win it, it will be the crowning achievement of an absolute Hall of Fame career. And to say he's still performing uh, is obviously an understatement. He is just... Uh, a really special player to watch, and particularly so at this age. So I think we're in for a good one. I'm sure we all can't wait to see LeBron on Sunday night uh, coming back in Game 2. I'm sure the air conditioning will be working that night. I've driven by the AT&T Center. It's an uh, impressive-looking building, and we're not talking the old Boston Garden here that had no AC to begin with. Uh, I'm sure they'll fix what they need to fix and Game 2. Should be special in the whole series, I think, after last what I saw last night before the AC went out is shaping up to be something very, very special. Well, my highlight of the week is the build-up and anticipation to tomorrow's Belmont Stakes. I will be there covering it. I'm very excited. It's the potential for sports history. There hasn't been a Triple Crown winner, as we all know, in 36 years. California Chrome has what I like to always call that championship look. I think, uh, uh, and the odds are showing that, uh, you know, this horse is probably going to get it. I think he's going to get it done. 
Um, it's going to be a special sports event. I am beyond excited. Uh, and they're looking at 100,000 plus being there at the Belmont. And I just think that uh, I've talked to a number of people who have been there, and they've all said one thing, as did Bob Costas and Mike Lupica, the famous sports media members, uh, talking on a show last Sunday that given its length, it's a mile and a half, which is a quarter mile longer than basically any other race, uh, that if California Chrome is in or near the lead, as they round that final turn coming down the home stretch, which is, of course, the longest in horse racing, that it is going to be potentially the loudest roar anyone's ever heard in sports, in any sport, anywhere. So with that as a backdrop, I can't wait to uh, uh, head down to Long Island and uh, and cover tomorrow's Belmont Stakes. It is going to be special. I've... uh, been to a lot of horse tracks in my day and throughout my life. Always enjoyed it. Gone out to Saratoga a few times in recent years. Grew up going to uh, Charlestown Raceway in West Virginia and Rockingham Park up here in New Hampshire. And uh, so I just can't wait. I'm honored uh, to be there. And I think uh, it's going to be a uh, breaking all types of viewership records, to put it mildly. Uh, Everybody's going to tune in. Who's not going to take three minutes uh, tomorrow evening to check this race out? I mean, it's just, you know, not often we have sports history just sitting there waiting to be watched. But tomorrow night we got that. And it would be wonderful for the horse racing industry to have California Chrome bring it home. That's not the only thing I'm attending this week. I'm also attending uh, tonight's Portugal, Mexico soccer-friendly over nearby Gillette Stadium. And that leads into my low light of the week, which is simply that the best player in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo of Portugal, is not going to be playing. I am just so disappointed, as is uh, th- as our thousands here in New England, uh, that we're not going to get to see not only the world's best player this year, and it's you know one-on-one-A with him and Lionel Messi, but Ronaldo was the player of the year this year, and, you know, just coming off that European Cup where he performed uh, wonderfully, had that memorable penalty kick to put it away, took off his shirt. You know, we're talking some serious, serious long-lasting images here from Ronaldo, and when I watched that, I was, just a couple weeks ago, I was really excited at the prospect of seeing him in person, but not going to happen. But that said, we're going to see Portugal in the same group as the United States, the group of death for the upcoming World Cup. It's hard to believe it starts next week, as well as Mexico, a perennial power. Can't wait. I think Gillette Stadium is going to be hopping tonight, and that should be fun. The weather's beautiful as well. My event of the week that I attended was the Connecticut Sun-Atlanta Dream game on Sunday down at Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut. And it was a great game. The Sun looked terrific, winning 85-76. to And the highlight of the game was, by far, number one overall pick, Shanae Abumake Abumake from Stanford, just performing like a number one overall pick. She was awesome. Uh, Connecticut Sun treats me great and puts me right under the basket, so I got to see her up close and personal. Uh, 
and it was just so impressive to watch her play. My take home from her game was clearly defensive defense and rebounding. She is just uh, a beast, and I say that with all uh, for all the right reasons under the boards. A lot of her points come from uh, you know rebounds, second chances, things like that. So she was just. Uh, Really something special to watch. She had 18 points in the game on Sunday. Plus, she's emotional. Uh, fiery on the court. Uh, and then off the court, you know, very, very articulate, as you would expect from a Stanford grad. Thoughtful in her, post-locker, in her post-game locker room interviews. And just... Uh, Really something something special. I, I could just could not have been more impressed. She was named the WNBA's Rookie of the Month. Uh, Well-deserved. I got the feeling it won't be her first one or her only one. Um, she is just really going to be, uh, you know, she's the anchor. She's the foundation upon which the new-look son are going to build. And it was fun watching the Atlanta Dream as well because uh, their coach is Michael Cooper uh, formerly of the Lakers, and of course, in my mind, the only basketball player ever who truly could contain, not stop, but contain Larry Bird back in those great Lakers-Celtics championship series heydays in the 80s. So it was great to see him, and he looks terrific. And then uh, their their star rookie was Shoney Schimmel uh, from Louisville, who, of course, uh, was the key player in one of the biggest upsets in women's college basketball history when uh, in the Final Four semifinals, she, uh, she led Louisville over Baylor uh, a few years back. And um, I don't think any of us will ever uh, you know, forget that game. So it was great to see her. She played a good game. And... Uh, so, yeah, it was just really uh, really an enjoyable game to watch. Uh, the Sun with a, an entirely new-look team, a bunch of star rookies. Uh, looked like, they got, looked like they're uh, heading in the right direction with this young talent. And uh, so it's going to be fun to watch uh, both this year and beyond. And now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before... 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 1- 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good, John. Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Beautiful day here in New England. I'm, so feels like summer is finally inching its way in, and not a moment too soon. Yeah, and, and unlike the people in San, San Antonio, uh, the people in New England, we are welcoming the heat. We are welcoming the heat, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, and speaking of San Antonio, uh, last night's game was, I believe, you know, epic. I think it's going to be long remembered for a whole lot of reasons, but obviously the headline is, you know, the air conditioning going out and LeBron James getting cramps and obviously the two are connected. <laughs> <laughs> Not a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, John, when you, I mean, I don't know if you've ever suffered a cramp before. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, from from my experience, it's paralyzing yep. uh, to say the least and excruciating pain accompanies that inability to move. So, when he came off the court, uh, I think it was a seven-minute mark to try to, you know, massage that thing. And yep. I'm sure he was d- highly disappointed and uh, wished he had, you know, had more fluid in his body. And, and I'm sure the trainers have addressed this in the past because it's happened to him yep. uh, in, in prior occasions. So I don't know what they're going to do, but for some reason he cramps up. He does. It happened, uh, we all remember, pretty famously a couple years ago in the finals against the Oklahoma City Thunder down in Miami. Um, And uh, if I remember correctly, I think there was a visual of him needing to be carried off then. But, you know, as I said at the top of the show, there was a couple, you know, images from last night's game specifically of him with a look on, a forlorn look on his face that we've never seen before that I remember. And... Then the image that he just simply couldn't walk another two or three steps and had to be picked up to, and lowered into a seat. I mean, that's incredible stuff for the world's most powerful athlete who just really seems superhuman. Yeah, John, I mean, in football, you've seen players take the field with a separated shoulder and, 
and uh, bad ankles, you know, swollen ankles and different types of situations. And it, it must be unbelievably frustrating for him to be on the sideline and this thing, you know, something as a cramp will not let you re-enter the game to help your team right when it's, you know, a two-point uh, game going back and forth and there's nothing that you can do because it takes time to get rid of that cramp. You, you, you need to have some liquids and it, it, you can't speed up the process. That's right. Yeah, I mean, in the timing is everything department, uh, you know, for this to occur, and I think it first started at the seven or eight minute mark, the heater holding, I believe, a two point lead. And we all know the rest of the story. And it was just, you know, obviously just incredible timing. I mean, I'm sure the whole heat organization, starting with LeBron, is just shaking their head in disbelief that it could occur at that exact moment. But, you know, it was just quite a night to watch. I mean, just simply, uh, you know, seeing all the fans waving towels. Again, the, the visuals that, you know, I think are going to be around for a while. Uh, it, and it wasn't just a few. It was like if that place seats about 20,000, it's a spectacular-looking newish building. I've driven by it uh, a few times in San Antonio. So you wouldn't expect a malfunction at a building that looks like this. Trust me, it's really beautiful, as we all see from the aerial shots. John, and you have to wonder if somebody asked the question to the administrative staff, has this happened before at the building? Right. right. Well, one questioner last night asked uh, Eric Spolster in the post-game press conference, uh, he, he literally used the word, suspicious you know I, I couldn't believe the question i really couldn't you know but i mean kind of give the guy a little credit I mean, it was a bold question but you know spolstra to his credit immediately dismissed it uh but clearly the implication was as if it was you know orchestrated planned you know somebody pulled the plug if you will in san antonio which is obviously ridiculous um but you know that was quickly the level of thinking uh you know, human nature, and at least uh, one member of the media, you, you know, headed down that path. And, you know, <laughs> so, so I, I that was funny. Yeah, John, they always have to to uh, lead down the conspiracy path and, and make sure that's discounted before you take that, you know, have the next question. Yes, yes. And, and I'll give the guy credit, too, because he, uh, he used the perfect word, suspicious. I mean... There's a lot of words you could have used to kind of ask that question or try to, you know, dance around it. But that was the absolute perfect word to just nail it exactly what he was asking. And so there was no, you know, no sort of uh, wondering left with that, with that word. No, no. Yeah, it was, it was a good question to ask and get that out of the way. And, and yeah. But, but uh, to uh, uh, Eric Spolster's uh, credit, he, he discounted it immediately. Yes, I mean, you and I are in the media. We've sat in a number of press conferences, post-game. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is off-limits anymore in 2014 <laughs> yeah. for the media to ask. Nothing. No. It, it didn't used to be that way. I mean, there used to be a certain, whatever, politeness, for lack of a better word, that, right. you know, but those, those days are long, long gone. So I wasn't surprised. I mean, you know, I, I, everybody, including myself, you know, it, it crosses your mind. I mean... Only because, obviously, it's in San Antonio, but the timing of it was just so incredible. Uh, really, I mean, as it turned out with the cramps. But, you know, I think it went out 
right before halftime, if, I, if, I, if I'm correct about that, or around yeah. halftime? Yeah, something like that. I mean, even the announcement, <clears throat> they started feeling it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Doris Burke said it was over 90. Uh, she was sitting, uh, that was a funny report where she was like, she wasn't being like <laughs> yeah. shown on camera yeah. reporting like, you know, in front of the camera, but she was like holding a temperature. She was in the background as LeBron was walking, hobbling off the court. And she's talking, but not like, you know, but not, just not sitting in the first row at center court, holding a thermometer, <laughs> saying, you know, it's 90 degrees. She has a distinctive look, so it's easily, easy to identify her. And I just thought that was funny. I mean, there's LeBron hobbling off in there, and you're hearing her voice, but seeing her sit in the background uh, with her thermometer. <laughs> not something yeah. you see every day. That's what I'm trying to say. It was unique. Yeah. And John, didn't you find it? A puzzling how she had a thermometer? Yes. Amazing what you can come up with in times of stress, right? Yeah, in the, in the middle of the game. In the middle of the game, yes. <laughs> well, I've been, you know, as I've said often, you know, I've spent uh, three weeks at, in San Antonio during the holiday season for the All-American Bowl the last three years, a week each time. So I've experienced, you know, the that kind of weather, San Antonio weather, and it can get hot. I can, and, and we're talking, you know, the, you know, the week between Christmas and New Year's here. And there's my first year there three years ago. There was some real genuine heat, so nothing like would have would have been experienced last night, obviously. But uh, but I, I, I've experienced enough. Thank goodness that time of year. Believe me, I love it um, when I'm down there in December and it's 70s and humid. Uh, I was not complaining, but uh, yeah, I can only, uh, I, I felt it enough to con- be able to imagine what it must have been like there uh, last night. And I mean, it, it looked, again, you know, pretty incredible. I mean, uh, from the fans to the announcers, to Popovich in the post game without his coat, I mean, just every, you know, you know it, it was the story of the game. And that's obviously an understatement. Yeah, it's stifling heat when it gets to that temperature. But the best thing about it, there's not the sun beating down on you. Like sometimes you, you know, you're playing in South Florida or somewhere where it's really hot, like a place, you know, like San Antonio. The sun is on top of you as well. Besides having the heat, but this is just the heat. And Ray Allen, he looked fresh as a daisy out there. He he seemed to play better. He did, now that you mention it. And I liked Wayne's, Wade's answers, you know, in the post game, where he basically dismissed it and said, you know. And anybody who's ever played basketball, including myself, I mean, you know, there are moments when you sweat like there's just no tomorrow. I've played summer evening basketball in 95 degrees. We all have. And, you know, it, it, it's not a new experience for anybody. No, no. If you, you, know. if you, play, yeah, if you play the game of basketball... Uh, around the country, I don't care where you've been. You played in, uh, you know, heat of that nature. And some people, I mean, I always felt that it was warming up my joints. I felt better when it was the hotter it was, the better I liked. Absolutely, I could not agree more. Uh, the only problem is if you are susceptible to cramps, which you know the best player in the planet <laughs> apparently is. And uh, so it sets up for just an awesome game too. I mean. LeBron is just going to be, you know, uh, on a mission again. You know, I love LeBron on a mission. You, you know, when he gets something, has something to prove, like after scoring seven points in that game against Indiana, 
Um, you know, LeBron was something to prove from a bad experience the previous game is, to me, one of the best things in sports. So I, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, this idea that someone would challenge his manhood, I, I I can't see it. I mean, LeBron, he played football in high school. He's been through all the NBA games and all those challenges through his life. I, I, I think it's really comical. I don't know how you feel about it, John, but I just think it's a ridiculous point of view to, to say that he you know, wouldn't play in a game because he had a little pain. I mean, it must have been so difficult for him to sit there in all these years, you you know, try to be a better basketball player, and here it is in your moment, and you're the leading scorer in the game, and you have to sit down and watch as your team loses. And it's a you know a two point four point game with a couple minutes to go. I mean, you're right there, right where you want to be on the road. Yep. And and then it ends up being a blowout. Uh, it, it must be very painful. I agree with you 100. percent Absurd for anybody in any way, shape, or form, to question LeBron. I mean, all you had to do was be watching, and you knew that he could not possibly come back in that game. I liked Eric Spolstra, the coach, you know, saying after the game, like, LeBron started to get up, and he just said, you know, no way. So, you know, I believe that to be true in the same light. I like the fact that he got that out there that, you know, he he, he was not going to let him back in the game, even if he wanted to go in, which, you know... To me, a coach should do. Uh, not that it needed to be done, because you know, there's just no way he could have played. I, even if he, even LeBron, wasn't going to play through what was going on with his cramps. So you know, no other athlete in the world would have been able to go back into that game. Period. Yeah, I mean, that was an excellent move by the coach. He was the gatekeeper, and exactly, no amount of uh, cajoling. Could have gotten LeBron James back in the game, which which was a smart move because you have to think the long term for the series. So good for him; he stood up to LeBron at that moment. Absolutely. Well, we've got lots more to talk about, but right now, why don't we uh, take our break? I know you're sticking around, so we have a lot more uh, sports topics to cover. AP. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-888. 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of BAM Magazine. And A.P., we covered a lot of air conditioning malfunction and LeBron cramps talk but let's, uh, from last night's game, one of the NBA finals. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about the game. I mean, I you know, I thought... The Spurs, you know, Manu Ginobili was just awesome. You know, the cl- played the classic six-man role, which, is, of course, is exactly what he is coming off in the first quarter, hitting two threes, and in my mind, really getting them going. But even prior to the AC going out or LeBron leaving due to the cramps, I got so excited for what this series could be because these two teams are just up and down the floor. You know, San Antonio is perceived as old, but, you know, when you have Tony Parker leading the charge, it's, uh, you know, uh, full out, you know, full throttle all the time. And, of course, Miami defines full full throttle in the transition game. So I just think it's going to be special. Yeah, John, is it is it me or is Manu Ginobili just he's playing terrific in these playoffs? I mean, he he seems like the old Manu, you know, just going to the basket, reckless abandon, and taking big shots from the perimeter. I, I'm I'm really enjoying watching him. He's great, you know, slashing. He he's like reinvented the the meaning of the term in basketball in my mind, you know. A slashing game. I think part of what his uniqueness is he's a lefty, so he's always coming in from the left side, which is just not something we've typically seen in the past. I mean, no. Wade's a good slasher, but most slashers, most players are obviously right-handed, so it makes him instantly recognizable. Like you can't. What, what I like about him when you watch a game uh, with him in it, like last night, you know. He's the guy, even with LeBron on the floor, who your eye is often drawn to, even with the Tony Parker on the floor. I mean, he, he is the guy always creating, and, and, I, and I really get it. I, I just really love it. Yeah, I, I, always, I always liked his game the first time I saw him because he was a European player yep. that would, would get to the rim. Besides being the uh, you know, proverbial European player that can shoot from the outside, uh, he, he played like an East Coast guy coming from Europe. Well, that's it. Well, actually, he's from Argentina. But he, yeah, right, right. I'm sorry. But he plays the European game. He, right, you know, right. He, just with flopping and all as its perception, if you will. But he, he is not that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. He's the opposite of, of a flopper. He's, uh, you know, he initiates physical contact. That is his game. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he loves the contact and, 
And like you say, a left-hander is very difficult to guard. You just, you, no matter how many times you play against them, they always have just a little edge because they're, they're driving to the opposite side, and you're just not prepared for your body defensively if it's not programmed or to, to move that, in that direction. So you do have a slight advantage. I always, I always like to play with left-handers. Exactly. I totally agree. I remember it reminds me, you know, John Lucas back in the day was a famous, you know, left-hander with a somewhat similar game. Uh, but, you know, and let's face it, Manu was awful last year. Many people, including myself to a degree, thought that was it. Washed up. And what a, what a bad way to go out. I mean, for him to just play those awful as badly as he did in the finals. And, you know, he was part of some just, you know, uh, plays that contributed in a negative way to the Heat winning, you know, kind of plays that will be remembered, shall we say. And yeah. it was awful, you know, because I think he's pretty universally liked. Yeah, he, he was last year when you watched him. You think, well, gosh, he, he can't be coming back to this team. There's no way he's going to be the third wheel and, and that trio. And But here he is, 2014. He's making a difference. I, I mean, last night he had 11 assists, John. I mentioned that in the first segment, 11 assists. That is maybe the most impressive part of what he did last night, which is saying something given uh, the beautiful threes that he was draining early on to really get that thing going uh, for the Spurs. The other guy that was really key was that Tiago Splitter. I mean, what he did at the end of the third quarter, I think he scored three, four buckets in a row down, down in tight and... You know, obviously, Duncan was not in the game, and he just sort of carried them for about five minutes at a key moment in the game. He kept them in the game. Had he not done that, LeBron's cramps wouldn't have mattered because they would have had a double-digit lead. Right, because Miami was ahead at the end of the uh, third quarter. And, and John, when you watch these playoffs, there's always somebody like him, uh, not not a star, but a role role player, and, and they'll have their moment, and... Sometimes it's the determining factor if your your role player can can shine and uh, over the other teams. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, and another role player who really you know uh, just defined the game as well was of course you know after LeBron had gone out with the cramps, Danny Green, as he is wont to do, come in and drained three threes. Plus, had a fabulous uh, fast break dunk. So he, he, you know, he rang up, you know, eleven points in like a couple of minutes uh, within the last five minutes of the game. I mean, he, he, you know, he sealed the deal. Put it that way, Danny Green. Yeah, yeah, he just had a bucket. I think before the fourth quarter, ended up with eleven in the fourth quarter, thirteen for the game. So it's those moments when you know. I love watching basketball most of the time because they fight for three and a half quarters and it gets down to the last, let's say, five minutes and then you see all the dramatics. Correct. You know, going back and forth and, and you always remember those plays at the end more than you would, let's say, the first half. That's oh, yeah, what it always intrigued me about basketball. You, you, sometimes you don't even have to even watch it. You just kind of check in on the score and when it's close, then you say, okay, now I can sit down and focus in in, in who's going to be the star of the game or the, or the moment. Absolutely. And, 
yeah, I mean, the final five minutes of an NBA playoff game, especially the finals, is, you know, as good as it gets in sports. It just is, uh, especially when you have all the stars on the floor that are on the floor for this final series. Uh, bottom line, this is going to be like Godfather 2. This is going to be, the sequel is going to be as good as the original. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. I, I think it's going to be. Uh, I really do. And, you know, it's just... I'm loving that Tim Duncan is just sort of putting himself out there, like verbally. You know, he's the most nonverbal guy, athlete in recent memory. Yet, you know, he said that you know we'll take him this time right after they beat the Thunder. And then I thought his post game comments last night were very matter of fact. You know, concerning LeBron, like you know, uh, he just won't give an inch. You know, I mean, he was acknowledging he just. He's not calling him the best player in the planet, things like that, like we all do. He's like, you know, one of the best, one of the best players in the league. And, you know, they look tired, didn't know what was going on. But this is just a guy with a razor sharp focus to win these finals, obviously. Yeah, it is uncharacteristic of him to, to make those type of remarks that I'm, I'm enjoying it. I love it. Yeah, he's just not mincing words. He's not thinking about what he's saying. He's thinking about, what they need to do to win this series, period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. it, it, and, you know, John, in that game, the big three on both sides played well. I mean, they had good numbers. Correct. Parker, Ginobili, and, and Duncan, and Bosch, Wade, and, and, of course, LeBron James. So that's what you like to see from every contest when those two match up. Yes, well, I use the famous line from Le- Roberto Luongo, Regarding uh, from the Vancouver Canucks, regarding his Stanley Cup Finals goalie opponent Tim Thomas of the Bruins, when he said uh, that he thought Tim Thomas should be pumping his tires, and, <laughs> and Tim <laughs> Thomas said, "You know, great line. You know, I didn't realize that was part of my job, but I, my point is simply, Tim Duncan is not looking to pump anybody's tires, including LeBron James. Period. No. <laughs> I don't That's, think anytime soon either." <laughs> No time soon whatsoever, and uh, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff, you know. And speaking of basketball, and just switching topics, uh, John Calipari, I see where he, knowing you cover the Alabama and the SEC, uh, John Calipari was extended by Kentucky, fifty-two years, seven million dollar contract. Maybe that'll curb slightly. All the uh, <laughs> the speculation for every single job that comes up. Yeah, he's it take seems it. like he wants to remain in Lexington, and and it's funny how he's making more money than Nick Saban, and and you know basketball makes quite a bit for Kentucky, but there's no sport like college football to make money for the university. So to pay him this number, uh, I, I think Mike Shashevsky, it's it's right in line with Mike Shashevsky. I'm not sure if it's the same, but. Uh, you know, I know he makes over seven million dollars as well. So it was uh, surprising to see uh, Kentucky with that and him sign that contract for a long-term agreement. Yeah, well, he, he you know, well deserved. He got him to the final game, and then a couple years ago, he won the championship. So you know, and he's doing it with a brand new team each year of of stud freshmen. Uh, so yeah, next year he gets six and a half million, and then from then on it's eight million a year, which would put him in obviously Shashevsky territory. And yeah. yeah, I like him. I mean, I saw him at Mohegan Sun during uh, you know tournament 
couple Novembers ago and listened to his post-game conference. And, he, you know, he's from Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh guy, played at Clarion State, a small mm-hmm. school that I know well growing up. And uh, I loved it. I mean, very charismatic. So I'm a, I'm a fan. I know he has a lot of detractors as well, obviously. Yeah. No, no he's always engaging. I, I've always yes. found him to be very uh, personable and, and uh, candid with media members. And I always, always enjoyed him. Always enjoyed him. Um, well, again, you, you put it in perspective as you always do. He's making more than Nick Saban. That speaks volumes. <laughs> it really does. It, it just really does. Saban got a new deal just this very week. And in fact, why don't we take our break now? But let's uh, let's touch on that. You, that's your that's right in your wheelhouse. So we should touch on that uh, spectacular new contract for Nick Saban. But first, let's take our break, and we'll get to that on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine and AP, uh, we closed the last segment talking about John Pat Calipari getting a new contract. As you pointed out, you know, we'll make more than Nick Saban. And he got a new contract, and you cover Alabama football. So what were your thoughts? Yeah, John, uh, just to let people know about some numbers, in the year, academic year 2012-13, to 13, football at Alabama generated uh, $88.7 million in revenue against uh, – you know, expenses of about 41.6, including the football coach's salary, you know, Nick Saban's high salary, that means they made $47.1 million profit. Wow. Which is a substantial number. So that pay increase of like a million and a half or so was only about 3% of the existing profit. So I think Alabama got a bargain. I agree. I think they got a bargain, too. That was my first thought as well, you know. Well-deserved, but again, uh, you know, they could have paid him $10, 15000000 million. He would be worth every penny. Yeah, I mean, they, John, you know, they end up giving you money back to the university. The right. Football pro- and and they, they, drive the, they drive the bus. They, they support all the other programs. So it's in all the other coaches' best interest 
if the football program is successful because, you know, the men's tennis team is going to get something out of the deal and women's golf and uh, soccer and, you know, the crew team. I mean, everybody will benefit if the football program is successful. But you And you can have other successful programs. You can play off the football I mean, which has been uh, done in the last few years at Alabama. You know, they they continue to have championships in gymnastics. Uh, softball team does well. They 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 lost in the World Series to Florida, but uh, you know the men's golf team won this year again two times. So, if you're smart, you'll embrace the success of all your programs, and uh, that's what Alabama is trying to do. Absolutely, and you know just. Tying these two subjects together of Calipari and Saban, uh, the SEC Network debuts in Hard to Believe about two months from now. I can't wait, and I'm sure you can't either. Uh, They've got to be loving it. I mean, what timing as you launch a network to have the anchor coaches in your two big-budget sports, basketball and football, Calipari, Saban, recent national champions, obviously, there as just again the anchor with which you know you know at the precise moment there with brand new contracts uh as you launch your network they've they've just got to be thrilled down there in uh birmingham yeah the stars are aligned i mean it'd be it'd be terrible if uh you know you didn't have an alabama football or kentucky basketball competing for the championship at the time you're launching a network I mean, right away you're going to get instant uh, viewers to check in because not only is Nick Saban a superstar football coach, but I don't think he's well-liked by other people, and they, and they always tune in to see what he might say. That's it. Yes. Uh, you know, two riveting personalities. Uh, and, again, you know, I'm a big believer in the adage, you know, baseball's better when the Yankees are good, uh, you know, that type of thing. And uh, I think the Miami Heat are evidence of it yet again, as many people watch in to root against them, as to root for them, probably more. And yeah, Alabama and Kentucky both fall in that. You know, when I went to Mohegan Sun, I got to see Wildcat Nation uh, in Connecticut, and it was impressive, (laughs) to say the least. You've seen Alabama Nation everywhere so you you know that needs no explaining but i'm sure you could uh you you know again college football is better when alabama is is a contender for the national championship and basketball is better when kentucky's in the mix it's just that simple And, and one thing i think people uh don't hear enough about the sec and i'm sure they're fed up with it at this point but the fans really travel to the away games john I think right. that's the difference in, in the conference, I think. Oh, I was so impressed. I mean, to, to be there in November, i.e. the very beginning of college basketball season, and to see, you know, big blue everywhere in Mohegan Sun, not just at the game, but just dominating the entire casino setting for the weekend was something I won't soon forget. I, it was what I expected. It met and, in fact, exceeded expectations for... Uh, traveling well, shall we say. Yeah, there's other programs around the country. I've seen that occur, John. Indiana basketball fans. Yep, there you go. Uh, Of course, Notre Dame is all over the country. Um, 
I'm just trying to think of a few others, but you know, definitely Alabama football. I mean, I remember one time they went out to Oklahoma. They had 350 or something RVs, and that was more than the folks that than Nebraska would send over to Norman, which I thought wow. was very impressive. <laughs> I didn't realize the, the level of of uh, Alabama's fandom until somebody told me that about the RVs coming to Norman. So even the folks in Oklahoma were impressed, and that's another you know fan base they know. Uh, you know, excitable fan bases and people who are, you know, really love their team. So, but, you know, Indiana basketball, Alabama football, Kentucky basketball, I'm sure there's others through the years on UCLA basketball, probably they were going, you know, to championships. It's funny you would say Indiana basketball because when I covered the Super Bowl in Indianapolis a few years ago, my take home from that Super Bowl week, mind you, was the gigantic presence of Indiana basketball. Everywhere I went, uh, that's what I saw. You know, that IU logo was everywhere. People on the streets during Super Bowl week wearing, you know, that famous maroonish red color. Uh, it was just everywhere. It was dominant. And, and, and I loved it. I thought it was just terrific. And it just told me all I needed to know about uh, what Coach Bob Knight built out there. Oh yeah, all the flags are out, and, and all the symbols everywhere you look. The hotels, it's all over the place. All the the fast food restaurants have pictures and in, in, in there about you know the players, current players. I mean, I I don't think people understand the depth in the uh, you know how many people really love their team out in Indiana. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly right, AP and. Uh, you know, it was really, I loved it. It was really wonderful to see. Um, and speaking of things that are wonderful to see, uh, and this leads right into my appointment viewing for the weekend, which is, of course, tomorrow's Belmont Stakes. <laughs> I will be there. I'm covering it. I can truly say as I'm as excited to head down to Long Island tomorrow as I've ever been for a sporting event. It's going to, it's, you know, the potential for sports history doesn't come along every day, but we got it tomorrow. John, you're at the Super Bowl of horse racing. I mean, there you go. you're one lucky person. I'd be, you know, I can't wait to talk to you after you experience that moment, and hopefully it is for the Triple Crown. And, and, and John, is that the first maybe California horse ever to have yes. a Triple Crown? First California horse, it's been 36 years. There's been 11 tries since 78 when it was last done. Um, And I think there's just a a strong, if not pervasive, feeling it's going to get done. And and what I'm most excited about, AP, is talk to someone, a fellow sports writer who has been to a few of these in recent years, three of the 11 times that a Triple Crown's been on the line. This friend of mine has been there, former colleague, and then I was listening to Mike Lupica and Bob Costas last Sunday talking about it. They've both been there for all of them as well. Costas, of course, announcing for NBC. And they all said the same thing. If California Chrome is in or near the lead when they come down that final stretch, that final turn, the home stretch, which is a quarter mile longer than any other horse race, they said it's the loudest roar in sports ever, in any sport, anywhere. They said there's nothing like it, 100,000 plus. So that's, that's what I'm going for. That's what I'm hoping to hear and see. Oh, I, I, I just, I wish I was going to be there with you, John. You're going to have a great time. And, yeah. 
you know, horse racing, I, I have only been to a few, but there's nothing like that two minutes. That's it. You, you just nailed it. It's really unbelievable excitement. Tomorrow should be higher than ever. So with that said, we've come to the end of the show. Let's hope for history tomorrow. I'll be rooting with you, John. Thank you, AP, and appreciate your perspective as always. And thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.